0: unrelated but serious question mm. is it coincidental that everyone's clean shaven is that a thing that i missed or oh, yeah can't you tell my father <laughs> no but chris shaved two weeks ago too and i was like is this something that i'm not aware of
1: it's all... like a subconscious pandemic like threshold we're and all in all our people that decided to grow beards they're like no gotta change something
2: we're on our, on the same cycle, right? Same. Sort of, oh
0: yeah, yeah, right.
2: yeah we're on the Beard. Cycle,
0: the beard cycle. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah um. some, some, somewhere there's an alpha male. <laughs> who Who is in charge of all you?
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know who Maybe that, that is. I'm yeah, sure. it's certainly not me.
0: He, yeah, whenever he gets around, like everyone's yeah. beard cycles just shift.
2: <laughs> My beard just uh, fell beard away in his presence.
1: Synchronized,
2: faded.
0: <laughs> Thanks for clearing it up, guys. That's that, uh, super helpful.
3: Your mission, should you decide to accept
1: it. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Mission, where we all sat down with Wildflowers and all the rest. The recently re-released, remastered, repackaged Tom Petty and the the Heartbreakers, but not in name, but not with the drummer.
2: And yeah. Yeah. So welcome. I'm super stoked to talk about this. Yeah. Two weeks to listen to it. It was two discs, but... That doesn't really make too much of a difference for me. I'll just put it on and yeah. it'll just do its thing. So remember that whole, like, story and rant I had about, like, the Gordon Lightfoot concert, Old Man Farts?
0: Oh! How could we forget?
2: <laughs> to flashback a couple episodes. I was fully ready to, at least metaphorically, smell some Old Man Farts.
1: It wouldn't be like Gordon Lightfoot, old man farts in an automobile
2: garage. Right, yeah. It's
1: like engine grease and old man
2: farts. So Gordon Lightfoot would have been like the engine room in like a steamboat. Maybe the Edmund Fitzgerald. I mean Uh, maybe. We we had to name
0: it. I think it would be the Edmund Farts Gerald.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to top that. Uh, So I was fully expecting that. We
1: named these things.
2: I was fully expecting...
1: That one would
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fully expecting that, and... to
0: go on the list. Edmund Farkster.
1: <laughs> the, the, the wreck
2: of the Edmund
0: chair. The rank of the Edmund R-E-K-T. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days, I swear we're going to talk about Tom Petty. We really will. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Go it's going to be
3: a long run.
2: I was fully expecting that. Yeah. And just, and, and no disrespect to Tom Petty at all. Like, I like his music and stuff. This is like, what, 15 years into him, like, being yeah, popular?
3: This is, this,
1: is the, this is the point where, like, a lot of people that started a similar career um, would be just repeating, you know, the same old stuff, Aerosmith. And yeah. But this is, it's a fresh
0: little singer-songwriter
1: album, I think. I loved it.
0: Hi, are you guys, how. Well acquainted with Tom Petty are you guys, or were you guys up to before this album?
1: So, I think I had Tom Petty's Greatest Hits. I'm pretty sure that when you're born in West Virginia, you get one of those when you pop out as your birth certificate. And I always had mine, because it's good to, good yeah. to show.
0: And, and on the back is the Articles of the Confederacy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we're yeah, all from you know. Actually, I wasn't born here, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I think in, in terms of West Virginia, they've written that over what was there. Like, <laughs> what was there was like a secession statement, and then they wrote it over top of that, and then drew, like, with a pocket knife. So of course. Um,
0: as you do, yeah.
1: Yeah, as you do. So, I knew the greatest hits. I knew the hits. I'm assuming that every album he put out had more than three singles, and if I had to name some of those, I, I don't think I could have This was my first real, like, Tom Petty, like, full album. When this came out, I bought this on tape, I think. I don't think I had a CD
2: player at the time. And, yeah. So I... What about you, Tom? uh, Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Jay.
0: I uh, hadn't I really didn't have any vast Tom Petty familiarity beyond the same familiarity we all have, which is that like you hear the, there's five songs that you hear just over the course of your life on the radio or whatnot. Beyond that, I really hadn't delved into Tom Petty. I was actually prepared to—I I don't know what I was prepared to do—but I think I had like just a general impression that it could go one of two ways, like. I sort of felt in my bones, and I wasn't sure if it was true, but I felt like it could have been true, that if you've heard five or 10 Tom Petty songs, you've heard like all Tom Petty songs. And I was like, well, this is a good chance to see if that's true or not. I didn't know what else his catalog was like, so I wasn't really sure how I was gonna feel about it, but we'll get into it. But there were some pleasant surprises. There's some stuff that, that I was really surprised to hear. Tom Petty, like, I think he's like a half and half for me. There's one of the things I learned over the spending the last two weeks with this is that he has more versatility than I think I gave him credit for because he has like several distinct styles that he does. So he has, there's the ones I don't love that much, which are like, like the honky tonk sort of. Not a huge fan of those, but then again, I'm not really a huge fan of most people who do that stuff. So that's nothing on Tom. But he's also got like some Zeppelin style, like harmonica rock songs, which he does like that vibe. He has, I was pleasantly surprised to discover he actually has what sounds to me like a Neil Young Crazy Horse vibe on some of these songs, which I love.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Super into that. The song, the song that's playing now has this great
2: Definitely, uh, yeah. I think I wrote a note on this song being like, I this talk is to... like some <laughs> big Neil Young uh, vibes. I don't, Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, more specifically, and I want to make this point for no reason other than I'm a pet ant, but not this one. This one actually strikes me maybe as a Neil Young vibe. Um, Right, right, right.
2: Not Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Right. The Neil Young Young. Young
0: Crazy Horse, which... It was splitting hairs, but Mm -hmm. Crazy Horse is like the more rock-style band stuff, and Climb That Hill earned my number one for that reason, because it's probably the best example of something along those lines other than actual New Young and Crazy Horse that I've heard in a long time. What I was surprised to hear is that I got Elliott Smith vibes from a definite handful of songs. Big time. I did not actually know he was doing.
2: I I don't think he... I, did, when was Elliot Smith's first Record out? Right around the same time So I don't right. think I think I think it was a confluence there But you're oh, yeah. yeah, I totally got that vibe too I was like, holy shit This he, There's All a right. couple of songs Especially in the meat of the album That I'm like Okay, this sounds like Elliot Smith
0: Yeah so that was cool and then I was like, Holy shit, Tom Petty's doing a lot of stuff that I didn't realize he was doing and props to him for being able to do several different styles pretty well.
2: So I'm a fan, I'm a fan <laughs> of I'm a fan of Tom Petty, like just generally. I think same like I, I didn't I wasn't born in West Virginia, but like you spend enough time there, you ride around in people's cars and you will listen to Tom Petty's greatest hits, volume one and possibly volume two. Right? Like it's just probably gonna happen. Um, so yeah, there were
1: a few people that had that volume too. For I feel
2: like the Matt, for sure. yeah, Matt had one of those, and I had other friends that were just that was just like a tape that was in the car, and then but also like he did some cool interesting stuff in the '80s with Stevie Nicks and what's the guy from your Don't come around here no more, and other stuff that wasn't like really very I don't know that sort of rock kind of revival rock type of sound that he had and he wrote a fuckload of songs for other people like i knew him more as a songwriter right because there's a bunch of songs that he aren't on any of his records like the the collab with stevie Nicks, i think was like a big hit and that was on stevie Nicks' album so anyway i, I knew him more as a songwriter i remember this album coming out i think ryan i think you had the tape did you have the tape yeah like, a bunch of the songs on here. I forgot about It's Good to Be King. I forgot about You Wreck Me. And there's a bu- bunch of the songs on here that um, just, like, I was listening to them. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that song. I remember this song. I remember that song. I really liked it. And I think, I don't know about a double album. Like, this is a good exercise to cut this down to one album. Because yeah. I, think it's one, I think it's one great album and a pretty solid double album. If you ask me. Yeah,
1: I think so. I think what ended up happening is that when he took the double album version to the label, he had just changed labels. I think he was on Warner Brothers for this. Mm -hmm. I think I may be wrong. But whatever it was, like, this was the first album like on that label, and I think Rick Rubin was a big part of getting on him on that new, label. On that so new label. label. So he took this he took as this a double album, and they said no cut, no, cut it down to one. But when they did the She's the One sound track, a lot of the stuff that's on the second disc of, of this double album is actually it's on that album. That's, that's kind of the second there.
2: I read that, and I had no idea that I'd never that's listened to the "She's of... the One" soundtrack. I never listened to the "She's the One" soundtrack.
1: That was a BMG thing for me. That was a BMG. That was, BMG. That, was, uh, that, was uh, that was like yeah, a monthly disc. That, that was like, like a, a monthly disc. Yeah. yeah, it was okay. Wildflower, still the better one. Wildflower. Is um, leave Virginia alone. Maybe the big song uh, thing. Maybe the folks
2: affiliated with that some somewhere. That. Hey Jenny, can you mute um, and I, unmute Jenny, just you, out of curiosity? Because I'm curious. getting a crazy echo. Test. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. Okay. Go ahead. Unmute. See, right, see, if, it, see if it continues. Unmute. See if it continues.
1: Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's really garbled now. Yeah.
2: It's really garbled. Wow. We could keep it going, wow. right? figure it out. Everybody else will figure it out. Oh, the, the echo is, like, really perfectly timed. Echo is like, really perfectly timed. <laughs> like, it's, like, a second out. Like, it's, like, a second yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe hop out and hop back in. Hop out and hop back in. All right. Give it, give it a
1: try. Yeah, I like the honky-tonk stuff on this. Like... Like when I just listen to the album on my own, I kind of enjoy the stuff. Hmm. Like I
2: had a hard time picking between many people. Got it. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, J- Ryan, you're sitting in the Jenny seat. Jenny sitting in the right. Ra- oh, wait. No, we're good. We're good. So the cabin. So cabin. Cabin down below. It. It was gonna be my sweater song. And, but it's not, catchy enough to me, because like. It's, the lyrics are really simple and very repetitive and, I don't know, what are you talking about? Like going to hell or something? like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, what, what? I don't know. It, it think, d- didn't seem the 100% same. clear.
1: I think it's the same thing as Honey Bee, where it's like it's I, I think he's talking about the cabin below deck, right? Like he's trying to get laid.
0: Yeah, listen, as the person who kept R. Kelly's I'm fucking you tonight on my list, like I'm <laughs> Certainly not one to to let a, a lyric stand in the way of a good song either. Like yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. That wouldn't have that wouldn't have moved me either way. It did make me think. Now you bring that up about R. Kelly's uh, "Fucking You."
1: Hold on. <laughs> no, just. Am I doing
2: crazy? Uh, this is, I guess, the Chappelle version, right? "Piss on You" is like a little. I guess that's probably where I, I would assume. Maybe that's where they were inspired. The, it wasn't a big leap from that.
0: Anywho. it was a big leak though
2: <laughs> you know we should do an r kelly record just for the trolling the universe of it can you imagine a whole album of that shit
3: no I, I, <laughs> that's a rough week <laughs>
2: yeah yeah okay What was, okay what was the song that you guys remembered the most from back in the day from this record
0: um i think mine was you don't know how it feels and i i know that I heard it on the radio a lot. I think I listened to ninety four point one quite a bit during a certain time, and it was on there. But also, one of the kids, and I forget which one, but one of them, I think it might have been Jordan, played it a lot at the house at, on Pearl F quite a bit at
3: oh,
0: yeah. one point. Not like all the time, but enough. But I like that song so
2: I really do too. by me. I really do too, and I agree. That's the one that I remember the most. Although I remember yeah. Wildflowers a lot too
0: don't remember wildflowers at all which is weird
1: I, uh, I, I think the two big radio remembers for me are are um, it's good to be king and you don't know how it feels so I think both of those were singles but yeah you don't know how it feels really was in heavy rotation.
0: observably though yeah
1: yeah it didn't make my list because I've heard it so many times fair enough
2: man I love that song it's my sweater song because I couldn't tell you what the yeah. fuck it means. I, I agree <laughs> with you on that one. I, yeah. I couldn't tell you what the hell it means, but boy, does that song sound really good. And boy, does it have a chorus for ages. Certainly 15, 16-year-old us probably would have really appreciated that or did really appreciate that chorus. And that state oh, yeah. of mind. You know?
1: It, it's all just, yeah. Anything where you say smoking on your joint. And <laughs> high school kids are like yeah man yeah really deep stuff
2: well it's okay i remember i think he got a little cachet from that and also from the other song that i thought was on this record that wasn't
1: last dance with mary jane last dance
2: with mary jane yeah he got some cachet with like people kids my age just based off of that right hey man this is an old man that smokes weed it's pretty cool and what, I don't know, again, this was so I, I looked up, his first record Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers came out in 1976 Okay wow. So this is actually 18 years in to his music career What, like most people that get most most musicians that like find fame are like one hit wonders, right? So he managed to keep it together for 18 years and I think he needed something new something a little fresh to connect with like young people And, like, Rick Rubin produced this record. We haven't even talked about that. Which completely makes sense. Right? Like, to me, at least. Completely makes sense. I mean,
1: the studio tone for this is perfect. To listen to the way that the drum kit is mic'd through this album is just... Everything is clear and pristine and the levels... The levels, yeah, they're, like... I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's obvious. Like some a master producer did this, and not just like somebody who's producing this type of album on the regular. This is a pretty big deviation for Rick Rubin at the time. It was an early foray into moving out of hip hop.
2: So he had done he had done the first Johnny. Cash, what was American? I think I think he had already done it.
1: I thought I thought he did all
2: those later. Uh, I might be lying. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Shit. (laughs) Sorry, I was looking up Johnny Cash's discography, but I feel like he had already... He had already done... Okay, so American Recordings came out in 1994. And it was recorded in 1993. And this came out later in In 1994. and, And was recorded in 1994. Okay. So just right before... Yeah, and didn't Rick Rubin produce? Well, yeah, he he had so much under his belt at this time. Yeah, Black Crows. Yeah, Black Crows. Yeah, I was about to say he had produced other stuff outside of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah, yeah. Was the, I was gonna say the Chili Peppers. I, yeah, he produced some stuff oh, outside of hip hop.
1: So Slayer or no the cult?
2: The, the cult. cult. That Is was it? I think the first group. No, it was Slayer. He produced Rain and Blood. Can you believe oh, that? Did he? Yeah. I know, I know. The dude is just like, it's okay. He made, like, he produced an Andrew Dice Clay comedy record that I think is actually one of the best comedy records of all time. It's called The Day the Laughter Died. Okay. And so the concept of the record is that like, because at this time he was doing fucking, uh, Dice was doing like Madison Square Garden. This was like the height of his popularity. I don't know if you guys remember Hickory Dickory Dock and all that shit. Yeah.
3: Hey. Oh! <laughs>
2: no. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, Dice... So, they decided that their comedy record was going to be recorded at a club like at two in the morning after he had done Madison Square Garden. So, he had done Madison Square Garden like earlier in the night. Then he goes to some shitty club that nobody knows about and does like a two-hour set and... <laughs> In front of, like, tourists and people don't even understand English. And he just bombs, <laughs> like, the whole, th- like, he's just bombing the whole fucking time. And it's insane. It's really fun. It's really fun. The jokes are pretty funny. And and they're different from the Madison Square Garden shit because there's no nursery rhymes or any of that bullshit. He is actually doing pretty good jokes. To an audience that hates him. Just like, can't fucking stand him. I don't think anyone had ever done, like, comedy like that, especially recorded.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, anyway, so, yeah, fucking Rick Rubin, man. The dude is just a monster. Like, oh, and
1: the club he did it at was Dangerfield.
2: Yeah, so there you go, Fields. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I have to check that out. I don't think I've ever listened to that album. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I know Dice gets a lot of shit. I definitely there's definitely some. I definitely have a fondness for Dice. I actually think he's a halfway decent comedian. Like his material is like completely objectionable, but it's pretty fucking hilarious. But anyway, sorry. Back to Tom Petty. Yeah. So to me, it makes complete sense. Rick Rubin was involved in this. It's simpler. Remember saying "Don't come around here no more" and all the other stuff from like the '80s. Yeah. It was yeah. like these big sounding records these anthems and so this is like definitely stripped down a little bit a little simpler a lot of the songs are simpler and I think it's diverse like you were saying Jenny like it yeah. he tries to do lots of different things some things I don't particularly care for like I said like the Honey Bee and all that shit but some of the things he almost sounds like the Beatles or like Elliot Smith there was a couple of songs where I felt like definitely like Kurt Vile probably listened to some of his shit. The way he yeah. rambles through some lyrics, and then, and then I don't even know. What does you don't know how it feels even sound like? What is a song you could compare it to? Oh,
0: I my theory is I think I like it so much, and I still can like it despite having heard it eight thousand million times. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think I've avoided the radio fatigue on it because it reminds me a lot of another song I love, love, which is when the le- levy breaks.
2: Yeah. Okay. So it's, there's a lot of it's space, that, and there's it's not. It's got
0: that uh, beat. It's just like the steady beat, and it's got the harmonica, and it's got there. There's definitely there's a definite element overlap in my opinion.
2: Yeah. No, that's a good call. I, I didn't even thought of that. I think, like for me, yeah, it is just it is a. I think you're right. Yeah. It's, there's a steady beat, and then also, by the way, harmonica and when the levee breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I but hadn't noticed that at I didn't all before, even make that but, connection. Yeah,
1: it really does. It's there. Good point.
2: But, and there's even a lyric where he says, I've got a little space to fill. And yeah. it feels, again, this is like totally Rick Rubin. I told like, he was probably like, all right, let's just drums, you sing, low little harmonica, and then the chorus will fill in some stuff, and that's it. And that's the song. But it fucking works, man. It works. I don't know what the fuck it means. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to mean anything. Uh, I I don't even care. (laughs) I don't even care. And I, I, he does do these songs where he's like celebrating the radio, turning up the radio, and rock and roll and shit like that. I think he's well known for making those songs. But this one, there's a little bit of I don't know, bitterness or just like sadness, like unlike some of the other songs.
0: You got to put it in context, which is that I think frequently he's turning up the radio to drown out his inner demons.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: she don't get it. She don't give a damn for me. Yeah,
0: that's, I, I honestly said to Chris, I was like, I started listening to this and I just didn't think about it, and I just went like, man, somebody needs to check on Tom Petty. Is he okay? And then I was like, oh, no. Never <laughs> no mind. Yeah.
2: Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. But there's the verse here that's coming up. Mild man was born to rock. He's still, trying to, He's still trying to beat the clock. Yeah. Think of me what you will, I've got a little space to fill. I don't yeah. know what the hell that means. Uh,
3: <laughs> it, it, works. it works.
2: I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't know what space he has to fill. The space in the song? The space in his heart? The space
0: in his- yeah. Space on the album.
2: Like
1: <laughs> right, look, we got Rick Rubin's guys playing a real slow
2: yeah, yeah, I don't know, man, but, and then, what's interesting, I don't know if you guys have, are, are seeing, like, the lyric video on YouTube. Yeah. There's, like, randomly a werewolf playing like the harmonica. Yeah. And cut off jean shirts smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And, and, again, it just feels, I feel like that makes sense, just as much as the rest of this fucking song makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a part of some tarot deck. <laughs>
2: there's, oh, you got this smoking jean short. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That means next year is going to be a tough year for you, man. It's going to be a
0: rough one. <laughs> so, I guess now seems like the, as good a time as any to make my case for California, because you guys aren't wrong. I don't disagree with you. Okay. But I would also put up for consideration California. For example, California's been good to me. Hope it don't fall into the sea. Sometimes you gotta trust yourself. I don't know what's going on there either. Like, we have just, I feel like, covered three different subject matters, and none of them are actually related that I know of. I'm not sure what's going on there. Mm. It Then, it's time to roll. I'm all done. We better hit the road. I got work later on. Is it, is, is this just like your day, man? Like, what's happening? I feel like there's something behind this, but I could not tell you what it is. I really couldn't. Yeah,
2: I got work later on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah. like oh, someone man. tape
2: recording. Someone was like secretly tape recording him. Like. <laughs> damn, I got work uh. later on, man. Like. <laughs> better hit the road. Okay. Th- why this one isn't. I think I know what he's trying to say here. I feel like, do, do you remember in the 90s? I think California gets shit today. Of course. But. There was like a moment in the 90s where. Everyone was like annoyed with Valley Girls. And just. Just. And there were, like, I just remember there being a lot of jokes mm-hmm. about, like, how I can't wait for California to fall into the sea. And then Bill Hicks. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Bill yeah, I Hicks like
2: hated California. Sure.
0: <laughs> I would also say, though, it feels like he set out, he started out trying to write a nice song about California, but got two lines in and was like, fuck, I got a long day. Like, what? It's a very hard left turn, and I'm confused.
2: And also, he's like this part of town at, at some point. I was like, what town? You're, I yeah. mean, you're, we're talking we're, about California. I, like the state, I guess it doesn't rhyme with nobody's been around. Yeah. I think we could have workshopped that one a little bit. If yeah. you ask me, who am I to tell it's them? Just, but I, this didn't make my list. Like I just felt it was kind of slight.
1: So I, the version of this that made the list was on the like four disc cut of this album. There's like a home recording version that's super stripped down. That sounds yeah, sounds
2: great. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I did I didn't get a chance to listen to that.
1: Yeah, some some of them are almost, I, yeah, it's like a demo version for this album. Like, some of the recordings are pretty different in sound and lyrical content. Yeah. Um, but some of them are almost exactly the song. It's just him on a piano. Like, I made my list. Have, I have to pull my list
2: again. Uh, um A
1: Higher Place. I think the home recording version of A Higher Place is just him on a piano. Oh,
2: that's Um, cool.
1: It sounds really cool.
2: Both of you guys had climbed That Hill, and I didn't. And maybe we should talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Let me pull it up here.
0: Really a a big fan of this one. Two, Two weeks of listening to it, it's become my number one.
1: You talk about Crazy Horse, like that opening... Riff is crazy for sure,
0: but also like here in a minute where they go the doo doo doo. That's like very Cinnamon Girl to me, which we should totally watch in the after party because Cinnamon Girl is awesome. But the after party today. Oh, that's right. That's right. Cinnamon that's Girl.
2: right. Uh, look, I can't oh. stop you guys from doing whatever you want. Oh yeah. You know. yeah we, <laughs> We're just probably not gonna stream it. But the that's, after party
1: will just be Cinnamon Girl. We're gonna start <laughs> playing it, and then we'll just let it roll. We'll see if we can find other versions. It'll be like. Um, <laughs> it'll be like Blue Moon and American Werewolf in London. We'll have three versions.
0: No, <laughs> uh, I mean we'll just you'll have the length of Cinnamon Girl to uh, make your exit and leave your computer oddly pointed at a cat butthole or something. Like uh, you got that uh, much yeah. time.
2: You got
0: that much well, time. Well, yeah. But yeah. I, I, yeah, oh, yeah, so... Yeah, this part right here. This, this, like, whole... Also,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. That's kinda, that's totally that kind of makes me think, like, Stan Pilots a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. that's, uh, Dan, sure. Dan DeLeo.
2: Yeah, I think... The song was cool, but I think for whatever reason, it didn't stand out. I Look, so, okay.
0: It was towards the end and there was a lot of listening. Like, I didn't get it the first time around for I, sure.
2: So I think also, so my favorite Neil Young record is probably Harvest. And so, I am less enamored with the Crazy Horse stuff. Uh, but what's Cortez the Killer? There's a couple of songs that are really fucking good and epic and crazy and cool. But... Generally, I'm more of a mm, stripped down Neil Young on guitar and harmonica. uh, Neil Young.
1: Yeah, I I was like rocking in the free world and into crazy, like up into Crazy Horse, which that that was my avenue into Neil Young. Rocking (laughs) in the free world first, and then it was like, all right, I want to hear some fucking distortion. I I I liked punk rock Neil Young, right? Just like simple lyrics, pissed off, grungy, love it.
3: Yeah, and,
0: like his quiet stuff definitely has its place, but if you like gun to my head maybe made me choose, I would go with Crazy Horse Era, I think. Which I'm pretty sure I was exposed to before Rockin' in the Free World, I think. Pretty sure. Yeah.
1: My family were not that cultured. They were
2: not with <laughs> <in> Crazy Horse. <laughs> so I the who introduced me to Crazy Horse and all that stuff was actually the Hankies Colin oh. Hanky and Tom Hanky. They Tom was a uh, covered sports in the grand county press but he was a huge neil young fan and he always had that shit playing anytime i went over there and that guy was uh man shout out to tom hankey he had he was some he was super creative and interesting a little bit mean sometimes but but generally a cool guy and he wrote this he (laughs) growing up he wrote this script and the script is so hilarious because he had the same kind of weird taste in like oddball like science fiction and stuff like that he wrote the script called, and it was called raids and so the premise is that a, some sort of virus is starting to go around that is a combination of aids and rabies okay right, right and he saw and and he wrote my dad into the script as like you know how in in a lot of those movies especially a lot of science fiction movies like there's the doctor that's like direly warning of like Horrible yeah. things are going to happen, and everyone ignores him. So he basically wrote my dad into the script as that character. Yeah, he, he's a Ken like, watching all of- Yeah, like, yeah, basically. So, I don't know. I remember reading it and being like, this is hilarious. Like, maybe someday it'll get made. Uh, <laughs> who knows? But, uh, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, he was super into that, and he was super into Crazy Horse. And I feel like there was a, like, Pearl Jam crazy horse connection like they played together mirror ball okay there was mirror ball but then but also they would play live together and I think at the height of their popularity Pearl Jam would bring Neil Young and he introduced I think Neil Young probably to a lot of people our age that didn't have parents that were into them or whatever I think at least according to my memory
1: this the song is playing now hung up in overdue I think I saw that on both of your lists. Yes. Didn't make my list though. Yeah, to listen to it now. It's if I could edit my list, that's why I, I don't think I'd stop editing my list. Yeah. Was-
0: this one made my list. I dug it, just because this part. There's, I, I kept going back and forth as I listened to it. I was like, ooh, like that part. Ooh, yeah, not that part. Ooh, like that part. But in the end, <laughs> in the end, I was like. I get... This is one of the ones that I get like an Elliott Smith or like a Sad Beatles vibe from. Yep. Yeah. And it, there was enough in there on the plus side to, to make it... Toss it into the list. So
2: This one has like some of the weirdest instrumentation mm-hmm. on the record or just at least non-traditional, like non-rock yeah. traditional instrumentation, which is pretty cool. And he has a couple songs like this, right? He has a couple songs like this on this record. I really like this first record uh, this first song on the second oh, yeah. deck.
1: somewhere under heaven yeah that i think did that make that made your list and my list of of them? Yeah.
2: yeah i think so John. yeah that
1: man that oh and Toma. all right good it made yeah. all of your voices. okay yeah. yeah i like this like that climbing scale
2: i don't know jenny i, I guess your i assume your father was a working man and he worked as uh, hard to be his best
0: yeah, in the I middle think of awesome. the afternoon. Uh, yeah, actually, now that I think, no, he. i I'm not, actually now that I think about it, he's lazy as fuck. That's not where I was. <laughs> there, there. Actually, it, it was strange when I was like up until the time I was eight, he worked like all the time, double shifts, like in Westchester. And then when we moved here, my mom was working full time, and for the first little while, he was home with us. So it was. Yeah. So actually, for a hot minute, like he was just with us all the time, which was great because I think that's uh, where a lot of my music exposure came from. Full time. Yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. Got a really cool sound. I just
2: kind of, I kind of like the riff, and I, I, like the sound of it. Did I assume you...
0: that I probably did dance in the rain at, at, during that time at some point. I lived in Milan. Come on, what else are <laughs> gonna do? I'm sure it happened.
2: Did you? but, yeah, did, did, but did... Was it in a field of sugar cane, though? I, I feel like uh, that would be unusual.
0: Field, yes, sugarcane. Now, yeah, a field of corn, perhaps. <laughs>
1: yeah, I gotta say, like, yours is the name that of the three of us, yours is the only one with any chance of getting in a song. Like, <laughs> mine is my first name is not very lyrical, and alonso's is just it, take a, it takes a real master wordsmith, to yeah. Like work manage, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll take it. I- <laughs>
0: Let me also make you guys feel better for a second because yeah. it has been probably I don't know 20 25 years and I in the first 3 months got tired of people being like gen day and it still happens today oh, and it's no. bizarre. I forgot it bizarre. It is bizarre or yeah. peas and carrots like it's y'all it's been like 25 years let it go. Also
1: Did Anybody making
2: any 9? Yes. Oh my yeah. God!
0: Hopefully where I was about yeah. to go next Damn, is dude. that like this shit just yeah. still happens amazingly. I, it's been so long. Can't y'all get make a Tom Petty joke? I would be thrilled if someone made this yeah. joke <laughs> <in bed> because <laughs>
2: well, look, at least your last name is unusual enough that you haven't been like Michael Bolton. Or do you know what I mean? Because yeah. like literally Ryan has been Michael Bolton. I have That's been Michael true. Bolton. <laughs> by, by Mclemore's DJ. <laughs> yeah, Brian Lewis.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's an Abdul situation all over again, my God. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, you know, all right, look, if, my, if I share my name with Mclemore, <laughs> then I might, like, be complaining more Brian the Ryan Lewis guy. That guy. You gay. got no
2: best beats, but whatever. I uh, mean, you
3: know, that's
1: fine. It could be worse. Be, they'd probably be pretty cheesy too.
2: Right? I mean, yeah. That's fine. I mean, that's the thing. That's a nice thing for me is there's really no chance for me to be Michael Bolton. Like, I guess the only chance would have been if I would have named one of my kids also that. But then I yeah. would have, I would hope that they would produce like music or art or something that I would great, I would endorse. If you were,
1: if you were, base- if you were Michael Bolton by a baseball player one day, I would not be sure.
2: <laughs> a baseball player? Dude, my last name's too fucking weird. Like, it's, it's Basque, man. Like, there, there aren't too many, like, they're all like shepherds, and they're, and they're also like 5'3", and chubby, and got big noses. They, they, in general, yeah, in general, shout out to my Basques, but in general, I don't think they're going to be winning any beauty pageants or any sort of athletic endeavors or anything like that, just generally. Anyway, what other songs should we talk about? Can we talk about Wildflowers?
1: Yeah, what a great opening track. Really sets it like a lovely little tone at the beginning of the album. I, I always really enjoyed this song. I like the I like the higher acoustic range to the guitar in the song. Yeah. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a make the strings or a, he's playing a Martin. I, I can't tell you by tone, but it's really bright and it fits this song.
2: Yeah, agree. I think The other thing for me is I'm definitely always a sucker for the songs about the like iconoclasts or just like the weirdos and like the songs about people don't understand. Like, there's there's a song that MGMT does called Siberian Breaks. It's on that Congratulations record that I was saying we should do. It's like a 12 minute song and it like changes a bunch of times. But there's like a line in there that's that's, basically it's, it's like like I hope I die before I get sold. I hope I die before I get sold. And I feel like it, it's, like, kind of the ultimate, like, rock and roll, like, fuck you attitude. And this is, like, a really pretty song about <laughs> someone that doesn't really belong. And I appreciate that. I like that. Most of these songs about these people are, like, fuck you songs that are, like, really aggressive. You know what I'm saying? About the about the people that don't fit in. Mm-hmm. Fuck
1: you. I don't want to fit in. That kind of attitude. Fuck you. I
2: won't do what you told me.
1: Yeah, this one's,
2: this one's pretty I, I put it at the end of my cut I think, because I don't know that the rest of the record really Makes sense with the, this song, honestly It's stripped down yeah. Like, this song is stripped down like a lot of the songs are on here But thematically, I don't know Like Most of the other songs are like him being sleazy or him being depressed And this one's yeah. like him celebrating this kind of unique person
1: Yeah, I, I like the piano accompaniment
2: Mm-hmm. that comes
1: in and the, the final chorus and refrain
2: yeah yeah for sure Jenny your thoughts
0: Wildflowers it did not make my list I agree with you that I think it's a, it's a nice and somewhat unique to this album sentiment and it's it's nice in that respect musically it doesn't do a whole lot for me Is what it is <laughs>
2: yeah that, that is what it is alright what else what else? Is there another song um, you guys are dying to talk about?
0: Uh, I think we've hit my.
1: I like. Uh, uh, can you play
2: uh, "Confusion Wheel"?
1: Model? Oh yeah, that
0: made my that made my list too.
1: That, that so that's on my playlist, but didn't make my published cut.
0: Oh.
2: Confusion Wheel? I don't. Yeah. Where is it on this? Oh, there it is. My bad. It's a cool little song.
0: This yeah. one's kind of like. I, what I like about it, is that it, it's a real slow build, but I think it's an effective one, and I like that about it.
1: Yeah, it's a sleeper. Like, I think it's one of those that I almost cut, but decided to stick with it. And then he starts in this, like, this change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it goes into this minor, like a minor key for a few
3: bars, So
1: it's I re- really pretty.
0: <laughs> I really love this. I was just reading the, the options on this Confucian reel. <laughs> why that is. <laughs> Man. It's a okay, little on, here this here a
2: little too try. on the nose, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... I guess I... Yeah, <laughs> I didn't include this, but I think the thing for me, right, is, is if I'm gonna... If I'm gonna listen to it, like, I do take, like, first and second impressions like, pretty seriously. And it's not, like, offensive or anything like that. There's a song... Do you guys remember on on the STP album that we did Tiny Music mm-hmm. Jesus Christ There was a song called I think it was like Art School Girl Oh or, Art School Girl yeah Yeah So that yeah, song is like so that song I found like offensive like I had to skip I, I didn't like it at all Like I just was like this song I don't like it I don't like the melody I don't like the arrangement And I really like Tiny Music but for whatever reason that song I just skipped This is not one of those songs It's totally fine but I feel like there's other songs on here I tried to include the songs where I felt like it made like an impression because there was something like interesting or unique.
1: Yeah. And okay, this song
2: yeah. was cool. It's not ain't nothing wrong with this song.
1: The, I don't know if it's the chorus or like a bridge. Um, but This part, this part is cool right that, here.
3: Yeah.
1: This has a nice Elliott Smith feel at one point and then it pulls in this Yeah, adds a little bit more Western to it.
2: Do you think that, do you think that, because he does some double track vocals on here, do you think that the double track vocals, like, makes it so you feel like it's more Elliot Smith? I don't know. Because, like, he does that a lot, famously.
0: I guess I hadn't actually recognized that. But
2: this. But maybe. This
1: is
0: not that.
1: But this sounds, this has an Elliot Smith sound
0: yeah, I think that's because of the miners, though. Which, mm. as I'm, I'm the sucker for the miners.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah,
0: it's just it's a it's a nice slow burner. One that that there were it, there's several songs on here that I, I wrote down like at first as, there's nothing wrong with this song, but it's not really I'm not really sure like what's notable about it either. But this one is one that maybe gave me that impression, like, right at first, but then, like, I listened to it more, I think, a couple times, and I was like, no, this one's... I can pull it out of that pile.
2: Hmm. All right, I'm going to play Wake Up Time. I think that's probably... Nice. The last yeah, this... one I want to talk about, at least for me.
1: Did this make my published list? No. This is it another didn't... one that's on my playlist, but didn't make my published
2: list. So, I'll admit that I don't love the arrangement but I actually really like the lyrics here and I think this is one of the more more there's more to it here lyrically like than some of the other songs Mm -hmm. and I really like the chorus and it's like him with basically just like piano it's cool Mm -hmm. pretty different from the rest of the record not sure what else I can say about it I did I did I like the the chorus a lot kind of
1: Bob Dylan-esque
2: A little bit, a little bit. I don't love. Also, there's a little bit of
1: maybe Queen or Freddie Mercury. (laughs) Just gonna
2: say, I know it sounds silly, but like a little Ben Folds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and uh, and so I'm not gonna disown Ben Folds. Like he's got a couple. He's got some songs
0: always feels so weird to listen to things that happened before the thing we're referencing and being like, oh, I hear X in that. And it's technically you hear this in Ben Folds, probably, but we're not listening to Ben Folds right now.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's right.
3: I, I
1: tend to think of that statement as going
2: in both directions, right? Like, you know,
1: I can't put the timeline on it myself, but like one of the two, there's an influence
2: of one of the two. Did we want to talk about our free birds? You guys both had a higher place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think higher place works really well.
2: OK, OK, I'm curious to hear the rationale, the rationale here for that.
0: Mine was, it was, I, I don't know if there's anything I could really easily pull out as a musical free bird. This was a thematic free bird for me. Yeah. So, like, this strikes
1: me as almost like an REM track.
2: It does, yeah. That's exactly the note I wrote on uh, this song. I was like, this yeah. kind of feels like a little bit of an REM thing.
3: Yeah.
2: Is it the tambourine? <laughs> Is it that? Yeah. I, I wonder if that's it too, but. I know. I
1: think it's. I think it's the like pop, like boppy nature
2: of it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 This feels like a. Uh, a little, like, Orange Crush type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could definitely hear that.
1: Yeah, for me, this feels like the, the one that, like, if he's playing a show, like, there's no way they're not playing this, like, at some point, maybe to close it out, right? Like, like for me, this is Free bird in that sense of maybe it's not a radio hit, but it's like a staple.
2: Yeah, I remember yeah, I, I remember hearing this song on the radio back in the day. This is one of those songs where I played I was like, "Oh. Yeah, I completely forgot this song existed." And I like the harmonica. And I, yeah, it's a cool song. Is it just is also, it like them- This
3: is
1: very yeah. Beatles. Like this kind of breakdown.
2: For sure. Yeah. So the so you're saying thematically it aligns with Freebird like what relationship-wise? Like the-
0: yeah i gotta make this bigger so i can actually read these tiny ass words with my <laughs> old eyes but uh, like the part where he's fooled myself and i don't know why i thought we could ride this out i was up all night making up my mind but now i've got my doubts and i was just like that just feels like somebody who's maybe in the free bird's face of mind who's
2: yeah see that that's the thing is i feel like yeah i don't there's not really a song that sounds a lot like the free bird or is epic like that so i chose wildflowers because it's like celebrating a weirdo or just like someone that's just born to be free. And even if it's the other person, I felt like it was like the closest thing. This isn't really an album of free birds or of any free birds. um,
0: Wildflowers lyrically almost became my free bird, but then I I forget why I chose this one instead, but I did.
2: Okay. Any other songs we're dying to talk about?
1: Don't Fade On Me. Did we talk about I
2: don't oh, think so, no. Like, beautiful, Don't Fade on Me. Oh, yeah, side. that is a beautiful song. Like, I really like the, this, like,
1: stutter step progression. It's just a beautiful song.
2: Yeah, this is really spare. Really spare. And, uh, I got, like, a little bit of Fleet Foxes vibes, like, early Fleet Foxes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the early EP stuff yeah totally
2: yeah. yeah, got a little bit of that um,
1: yeah the, the picking style is a little Elliot Smith as well there's a little bit of you
2: know. Ryan how would you say like he is as a guitar player like acoustic guitar player like just in the pantheon this is something I legit don't really know too much about
1: I, I don't really think of him as that kind of musician I think that's another reason why I like this song so much because assuming this is him on guitar I haven't looked to see if this is him playing
2: I would expect well, it would be right if it's Rick Rubin he's probably not singing over someone else playing guitar
1: well it, but there are other musicians that play on this album that's true yeah,
2: yeah. like
1: this may not be him I'd
2: say it's a pretty safe bet probably yeah.
1: But yeah, it, this is not a, like, this kind of finger style is not something I associate with a Tom Petty song. He's fine. He's a fine rock musician, but I don't think anybody but, really goes for.
2: He's not like a virtuoso guitarist or anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: No one's really come into this
1: for Tom Petty's guitar stylings, right? Like, it's something about his, even if it is nonsense songwriting capability yeah
0: can we just no I was actually just gone off on a, a thought tangent mm-hmm. about the traveling Wilburys and <laughs> I so I was like oh, oh, we yeah. haven't talked about that at all no we haven't and That's... also I, I re- was reminded that Jeff Lynn was in there also and I was like oh, fuck, I forgot all about that I really so did forget was all about
2: that Dylan Petty Jeff Lynne and George Harrison George
0: Harrison yeah and oh. Roy Orbison don't forget and Roy Orbison yeah. Yeah, it was really a a lineup.
2: That is definitely some old man fart action right there. I think Gordon Lifewood could have been in that band. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
0: No. I don't know if that really meshes, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because so they were out like in what, the late 80s, early 90s? Right? Uh, Uh, 1988? Yeah, 90, 90.
0: So, 88 and 90. The Traveling Wilburys I was actually looking it up on my phone. The Traveling Wilburys volume 1 was 88 and then the Traveling Wilburys volume 3 was 1990. I'm not sure if two is just not on Spotify or if there was no 2 or what's what's up with well, the. Well, it's uh, kind of like, it's
2: kind of like the remember the Gary Glitter song Rock and Roll Part 2?
0: Oh yeah, there's never a part 1.
2: There's never a part 1.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it does look like there is a part two, one by Wikipedia. We go straight from one to three. Okay, I was
2: gonna say, I was gonna say, cause, yeah, don't Wikipedia, audience, don't Wikipedia, Gary Glitter. Just save yourself the time. But, but yeah, yeah, I remember, do you remember that George Harrison song that came out around that time? I think it's called Got My Mind Set on You.
0: Yeah, I like that song. Yeah. Yeah yeah Crackerbox Palace I'm not much for the 80s music if you ask me it's probably my le- one of my least favorite decades musically. current decades accepted possibly but uh, <laughs> but listen, Crackerbox Palace was legit. I don't care what anybody says I'll fight someone about that. I don't
2: really know I, I honestly don't really know like I don't I don't really know I don't know if I know any of their songs off the top of my head mm. for the future. I really like this song. This made my cut hard on me, you know. Yeah. Pause. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I did not make my, my cut, but I do find myself listening to it a lot. I find myself singing it every now and then.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice song.
1: It's, a, it's catchy.
2: It's a nice song. Yeah, it's catchy. For sure. Okay. You guys ready to review this, to rate this motherfucker? Sure. Rate, let's, ra- let me see if I can do a Bella legosi. Let's rate this fucker. I, I can't do it. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. Okay, go ahead.
1: So, so for me, like this is like a solid, like a solid three. Like I think there's a lot that I can enjoy. I don't find it. Find myself going back to it a lot. I hadn't listened to it much in the last twenty years. But yeah, I think coming back to this was nice. This really made me. I appreciate Rick Rubin's rock roll and kind of tearing a lot of Tom Penny's big rock sound down. There are a lot of really solid tracks to it.
2: So three three so, stars. Yeah. Okay.
0: What what is your playlist getting? Say it again. What rating is your playlist getting? Oh, my playlist kind of is? Yeah, I don't know. I
1: don't know.
2: I, I think I end up at about three,
0: maybe three and a
1: half.
2: Your playlist cut. The, say it again?
0: Your playlist cut? Yeah. So I got real mathematical with it this time, and I went through and gave everything on the first two albums a numeric score from one to five, okay. and then <laughs> literally oh. sat here with my calculator and, and did the average.
2: Right. Wow. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um,
0: Math. No. I, I screwed up, I did it for my playlist first, which gets us, it gets it's between, it's actually between 3.75 and 4. I don't know what you want to do with that information. 3.875? 3. 3. For, for my play, yeah. for my playlist, yeah, the playlist is real solid. The whole first two discs, I there were too many and I kept trying to do it and it wasn't coming out. But I feel like in my heart that the average should, I think it's properly around 3. I'm with you, Lewis. I think that there's... There's some great material on here. There's also a chunk of stuff that's like perfectly fine, but just doesn't really grab me for whatever reason. And then there's there's like two or three that I'm actively just like unhappy (laughs) that exist. (laughs) So I, I think that three is a really solid characterization of the whole first two albums, all told. I think that's fair.
2: Okay. Excellent. I completely unscientifically and not at all qualitatively I'm gonna give it a 3.5 I think there's some really good songs on here that I didn't even know about or remember at all I think there's a bunch of really catchy songs that I'm completely not unsurprised that were like big hits I think he feels like it he's revitalized and like he made a couple of like real dodgy records in the 80s and I think There's just a couple of really beautiful, like I love, I think Wildflowers is like beautiful. I think You Don't Know How It Feels is definitely like in a kind of all-time classic. And then it was just nice to listen to the record and be like, wow, this song is pretty good. Oh, hey, this song is pretty cool. Oh, I'm getting some Elliott Smith. I'm getting some this and that. So my expectations, like we started out as we, as I described when we started out, were like, I would say in the middle, right? Like I was waiting for a three. I got more than I felt like than a three. I got a three point five. Also, randomly, that fucking Rod Stewart song that I probably haven't listened to in twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, that um, had no idea it was a Tom Petty song. So I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a three point five. Okay, a couple things. So this is what I was thinking about for the rest of the year. We do two more for the rest of the year, and call that season one. And then I'll have time, in theory, to uh, be able to edit everything down, upload everything to YouTube, upload a podcast. Season one will wrap up at 17 episodes. And then in the new year, we can just start again. Yeah. Because, like, I know a bunch of us are going to be, I don't know. Actually, I don't know that a bunch of us are going to be traveling or whatever, but like, my life is going to get more complicated with the kids being at home all the time and stuff like that
3: sure
2: and we've been trucking along with this like pretty consistently so i feel pretty good about doing two more and calling it a year yeah
1: i think that'll be a good
2: season secondly what are we doing next week jenny i don't Um, remember Did, did you say
0: i haven't said and i i don't know i agonized over it a lot over the last two weeks and even more today I don't know. I don't know if this calls for a vibe check. If, if I should <laughs> vibe give you guys, give you guys some options, or I actually had one idea, and then I, like this morning, I was like, we should do this. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. And then in the middle of the day, it changed to something else, and now you've given me a third idea. So man, I'm all <laughs> over the place.
2: Okay. I don't know. Just go with what your heart tells you. Listen to your intuition. Me. All right. See, this song didn't even make my cut, and I kind of like it. Like, l- re-listening yeah. to it now, <laughs> I'm like, okay, this song's this pretty is, good.
1: Again, on my playlist, but not on my cut. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, let me yeah, let I'm me not- at least let me at least give you like okay. two.
2: Okay.
0: I'll, I'll yeah. give you one option, and then you have the option to uh, hear another cho- choice if you want. How about that? Okay, sure. sounds good. So, the option that came up today is that since you're since we brought up Neil Young, I actually thought that, like, hitting Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere and After the Gold Rush, since they're such short albums, might actually. I would enjoy the shit out of that. I don't know how y'all feel about it. So, that's one option mm-hmm. is to hit some Neil Young. Yeah. The other option is to. And I will say also that it was impossible to narrow this down to one album, but one of them only has six songs on it. So, we couldn't even cut it really it would be hard to. we could do a
2: different challenge we could do a different mission
0: the other thing i settled on was like a two disc one cut but it's two albums one cut like the total combined is like 17 total songs which is less than what we've been hitting Um,
3: yeah yeah
0: so that option is love forever changes and de capo which i think are 66 and 69 respectively i don't know if y'all are you guys familiar with love
1: Oh, yeah. So I took a trip. I took a trip with my dad last year into Utah and like in 2019. And we listened to Love like for the entire trip. Off it. It's great. Yeah. Forever Changes is a fantastic album. And you wanted to do what was the other one? Di Capo? I don't know Di Capo.
0: They're very close in time issuance. And there's only six songs on Di Capo because I was like, these are too short to do a one album like assignment. You do you want to do those two?
2: Let's do. Uh, let's do uh, love. Like I'm. Okay. I've never. I'm not all that familiar. Oh, uh, listen. Let's go. Let me.
0: That. Love is the kind of thing that there's. My third. One of my third runner was. I felt like maybe a little too much right now because it's a foundational album, but it's heavily intertwined with a lot of like social and semi-political commentary, and I was like, I don't know if that's what we all need right now. Um, Yeah, and this one—the nice thing about love is that it's just really like it. You can just—it's the sort of thing you can sit down a music nerd out to. The guitarist Arthur Lee, RIP, is—he I think he was black or half black, so he's like a Jimi Hendrix character. Really cool band. It's sixty. It's late sixties. It's good stuff. One of for what is it forever changes is a little more or artistic but when i was listening to DiCapo, i was like god damn that was just a really good album it's a little more rock based but it's really good i think you guys will love it so yeah you,
1: so at some point you when you were visiting seven
0: and seven is yeah we talked about that
1: yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah and, and and i put on the dams cover of uh, alone again or
0: oh nice
1: and you were like so, oh this love song i was like i don't remember i don't know who you're talking about <laughs> and you turned me on to that album so yeah
0: um chris told me today that it, they and i think i made you watch the seven and seven is video where they talk about the drummer was just like i could not keep up with this like i couldn't play the damn song it's too much and chris was saying like I brought that up earlier today because I was like playing for him. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of doing. He's like, oh, yeah, like they didn't say it in the video. But the reason why that drum was so insane is because the guy had a a meth addiction. And that's the only way how it got to be like, just so much that normal people could not play it. So In any event, this will
1: be fun. So we're going to we're going to do both of those albums cut into one.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good assignment. It's going to be hard to do, but I think it's doable.
2: I I like it I'm with it and I'm excited
3: look I always I always like
2: listening to to stuff that I like this half the point of this shit is like to expand my brain so
0: (laughs) Alonzo some of this stuff some of this stuff is like they work in they do it in a really nice way but they work in horns that kind of are a little bit beirutish to me some in some places i think between the two albums conceptually i i hope you'll be able to find like something that you're like yeah this was worth it oh oh
2: i have no doubt that i'll be able to find something
0: if you want to start with the if you want to start with the rock start with the capo if you want to start with the more creative stuff hit forever changes
2: okay yeah right on Brilliant. will do thank you guys thank you uh we'll be back next week with love forever changes and the capo, the capo.